need to ask a question. If you're an uncle, if you're an aunt, a mother, a father, a grandfather, grandmother, and you raise your hand, don't be afraid. We, you can do, not, not yet, not yet, not yet. Now the question. How many of y'all have played with more Play-Doh since you've become an adult than you ever did as a child? Okay, and let me, let me say, that whole word, Play-Doh, no, this is serious real dough because it goes hard and you have to replace it and replace it and replace it. So it's my job to uh, bring out the talents, the art talents in my grandchildren. With my kids, I just got the project. They said, Dad, do it. I got to take it to school. But with the grandkids, they're going, you know, okay. And so sweet Abby... Sweet Abby, uh, she's, she's my project to teach little art stuff to. And so I said, Abby, what's your favorite animal? And there was no question about it. Her favorite animal, there she is. We're getting ready to play Play-Doh. And her favorite animal is what? Dolphin. So we were talking about worship this month. And I'm going to have to stick with my notes because they're so much we can learn about worship. Uh, it, it's just so much. So, I, I, so Crystal, Thursday, she goes, have, have you got your studying done? I said, I got my studying done. I said, now I'm taking stuff out. I said, we just only have so much time. And then the Lord really gave me something as I was doing Play-Doh, thinking of Play-Doh. And so you see the little form up there? You know, and so I, she rolled it out and she made the form and we got a little knife and she'd peel it all around and pick it up and put them in these these little places and that's her dolphin does every dolphin look alike yeah pretty much and so what you know what we did we saw a picture i go let's go take a picture let's take a look at another dolphin and so we went on and it blew our mind and made our mind new on what dolphins are supposed to look like instead of what plato said hey let me help you make a dolphin you know and, but she loved making that little conformed, she loved it. Until we saw a picture of someone who did another dolphin. And so let's go, let's make a purple dolphin. Let's put a yellow belly on it. We put a yellow belly on it. And guess what? Then we made a pink one. And it's got googly eyes. I think if you do Play-Doh, you got to go get googly eyes. It just improves no matter what you make. <laughs> you, know, you put it on plants and you go by going, you want to give your plant in the house real personality, put googly eyes on it. <laughs> you know, people sing to their plant, they talk to their plants. If it's looking back, you really, hey, I should put a robe on. Uh, <laughs> and, so, and here are the dolphins playing together. Don't they look happy? Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. But you know what? And it comes down to this. I read this verse. This is what the verse that came to me says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, <clears throat> not only the world, but even in church. To be proper church, or some churches that say there's only one proper way to worship. And that's not what I see in the Bible. Now, I'm not talking about making a spectacle of yourself. There is, there is order, but you would believe how crazy that order can look like. 
But there are some, the, the, the world is telling us the church can't get too excited. The church itself sometimes tells us we can't get too excited. But when we read this verse, it says, listen, don't be conformed. But you know what? <clears throat> be renewed. How do you get renewed? I saw something new that I've never seen before. And it's the same way with worship. Worship extends that to us. That we come here, and it's not just a prelude, you know, before I come up here and teach. It has an absolute purpose. That there's things that happen during worship. And that's where you get the glimpse. You have the opportunity to get a glimpse and understanding of God himself. Wow. And then when you get a new glimpse, your mind is renewed. Well, it, it is, it's at that point of that renewing. Well, let's, let's look at the whole verse. Let me put it together. It says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper. Wait a minute. It's a little different when we put them together. When it's talking about do not conform to this pattern of the world, it's referring to worship. Don't just worship like the world does. Don't be pressed in and nailed down. And we always talk about renewing our mind in, in this area and that area. When you put it in context, it's talking about worship. I mean, this is going to be challenging to us. Because we're all proper and prim. Well, maybe not this group. If you're visiting today, you thought to yourself, these people are crazy. <laughs> you should have seen it before we took the dancers off the stage. <laughs> wow. So... You know, it's, it's funny, and, and, and I'm talking about us. I'm, I'm not talking about anyone else. I'm not pointing my fingers. But, but you, can, you can get together in a church and, and get into a group or a small group, and you can say, let's talk about how great God is. Let's just talk about how tremendous God is. And the whole idea that it's a cerebral act that we're thinking about it, and, well, I'm quoting from this scripture. You're quoting from knowledge. You're quoting from what you heard someone else say. <clears throat> it, it doesn't matter it seems to make God small. I mean, you think, going, well, we really discussed God. Oh, we really got into the deep things of God. Don't you love it when you talk? Oh, we got into the deep things of God. Let me tell you, you know what you need? You can learn about all those things, but if your marriage is stinking, if your job is in trouble, if you're unemployed, if you're sick, if you've been told you've been given six months to live, let me tell you, you just don't need to understand the deep things of God. You need to get a glimpse of God. And that comes through worship. Worship opens us to that. You want to be changed? You don't even need to see him. You can just come into his presence. And that's what they say when we worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. And, it, and, and this person over here is like going, eh, the, the drummer's a little offbeat. And the person standing right here is going, yes. Yeah, I've, I've been in this a long time and I've been to the Holy Ghost stuff and I've been to the Catholic masses and it was, it was about the 90s end of the 90s they had the Holy Ghost jerk you know I don't know anybody remember those the guy up there going the Lord 
So I had to ask one of the guys, the speaker, I go, why do you do that? He goes, it bothers me too. He goes, and I asked the Lord, he goes, and I believe the Lord told me, he goes, you just cannot, the human body, the human body gets so close to the presence of God, it just can't contain him. He goes, and I get in all these weird things. He goes, because the presence is so heavy on me. Talked to another gentleman who just roared like a lion. Like, what are you doing? He goes, I tried to stop, but I got this picture of the Lion of Judah, and I couldn't. He goes, it had to come out of me. Okay, those are a little out there. Okay. If you want to roar next week, talk to me first. Uh, <laughs> but but it's not, if they're not making spectacles of themselves, they, they were just in that presence of God, and that was the only expression that they could make at that time. Well, <clears throat> in this, it, it, it just... You want to be changed? You want to be empowered to get through this horrible? It may only be for this service. It may only be for this service. There was a little guy who, who came to church. We were up in Pennsylvania, and he, you know, that's as far as he could go. He didn't trust his legs, and the worship would start going, and he'd, he ran the backs of the pews. Worship's over. I'm ready. I thought he got healed. And out the door he goes. He got into the presence of God. He was healed. He was healed. And it was just a glimpse of the glory to come. Just a glimpse. Crazy thing. I couldn't deny them. Well, if you have a small view of God, it's just intellectual. If you have this small view of God and it's discussed, you discuss it, you bring up this stuff, and your God is starting to be put in a box, what happens is that you start believing that God was created for you to make you happy. Instead of that God created us and he is worthy to be praised. He sent his son to die for us. He is worthy. His worth. That's what it is to worship. His, he's worth our, our admiration, our praise. Well, when this, this the small God, you can complain that he's not making you happy. You can complain that he's not doing this. You can make such crazy charges like, well, God, if you're, if you're so loving, why aren't you feeding those people in India who are starving? When you come into his presence and you realize how holy he is and how holy you are not, you know, his word, you know, we're sitting here judging him, and when you stand in his presence, he's going to judge us and says, why didn't you, empowered by me, go feed those people? Wow. The difference from having a little God and a big God, it's the difference from n- n- never trying to seek that presence. 
big God, little God. Many times it's just a matter of worship. It, it just, Ezekiel, you know, you see, you see the prophets, you see some of the disciples, John, that when he got a vision of, of, of the Lord in Revelation, you see Ezekiel, when he got a vision of the Lord, it's like, <gasps> Ezekiel goes, I, I, it was like so bright I can't, I couldn't look, it was brighter than the sun, and this, the glory around him looked, it looked like a rainbow, I, I can't describe it, I've never seen anything like it, but you know what I did, I just fell like a dead man. No matter what Ezekiel's problems was, he was in captivity. He was in captivity. And he's complaining oh, about this. And then all of a sudden, he gets taken out of what's all wrong with him. His, uh, the nation of Israel is, is a, just dying out. And he's grabbed out of that and pulled away. And he gets a glimpse of heaven. And now that situation doesn't matter anymore. And he's changed forever. It's even different with Isaiah in chapter 6. Isaiah starts off, he goes, well, you, you, Uriah, who was a great king, he's ruled for about 56 years, and the year that Uriah died. I'm going to take count of, you know, is Israel going to, because if Israel gets a bad king, we're, oh man, we're, we're, we're going to be done for. And he was in a good situation, and the Lord grabs him and takes him up, and, and he reads like this, he goes, in the, the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And his train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, angels with them, six wings, two of them they flew with. Two of them covered their feet. Two of them covered their eyes because of the glory of the Lord. And these angels were singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook the temple. And it was filled with smoke. And what was his response? Woe to me, I cried. Woe to me. I'm ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. If you're overwhelmed with pain, you need a glimpse. You need to, to enter that place of worship. Because it becomes so little. It becomes so little. Even just to come in, into a room of people who are trying to enter that presence, you can tell that there's a difference. You can sense the presence of God in that place. And you're changed. Absolutely changed. If not just for that moment, if you can be healed, if not just for that moment, it may last a lifetime that you're changed. So... <clears throat> There's just, you know, pe people say, and I'll just say, people say that there's only one or two true ways to worship God. You know, they, they say, oh, with the, you know, there's uh, a primitive Baptist. Have you ever heard of primitive Baptist? 
Primitive, if you go through North Carolina, Georgia, little towns, you always see, you know, first primitive Baptist of, you know, you know skunk, skunk hollow or something is <laughs> down this dirt road. <laughs> primitive Baptists believe there's no instruments. So it's just, just and that's pretty bad because a lot of those churches are only about 10 people. And you got 10 people with no instruments. Woo! It sounds like you're swinging a cat by the tail or something. Yeah! You know, but <clears throat> trust me, instruments help. But you know what? When they say there's only, two, there's only one or two ways it's proper to worship God, they were right if you're referring to the Old Testament. They were absolutely right. You see, in the Old Testament, there was, you can see from the beginning from Genesis on that there was really no worship. There was offerings. There were sacrifices. But once the temple was established... Only the priest would lead the worship. And in Yom Kippur, only the head priest worshipped. Everyone watched him worship. And if you've seen, you know, in Jewish synagogues today, they get up there and they sing. They'll get up there, the priest will get up and sing, you know, the scripture. That's still going on to today. But something happened. There's this thing that David came along, King David, and what David did, David was very prophetic. There's, there's uh, two or three psalms that are they're Messianic psalms where he saw, he heard, he said, he goes, I heard my Lord speaking to my Lord. He heard God speaking to Jesus. It's written in the psalms. So when David came along and he says, look, I'm going to go back and get the Ark of the Covenant. You know, the Ark of the Covenant was called the presence of God. Inside of it, is, it was God's footstool, they called it. it was, inside of it was the Ten Commandments. And it was in, it, it had been captured, but David, you know, he goes, he goes, I'm going to go bring it back to Jerusalem. We're going to put it here. And so I'm introducing now the temple has the presence of God. Here's what happened. David ordered that worship by the Levites, the priests. They would lead worship and the people would come in. The people would get caught up in it. And they would enter in. It's the first time that you ever see the people worshiping. Although it was still only led by the priest. Why is that? Because we have a glimpse of the presence of God being brought into the temple. Do you know what we have today? When Jesus was born, he said he is our Emmanuel. He is our God with us. Hmm. This story gets even better. It gets, it just gets better and better. <clears throat> so we call it Davidic worship. Though when David set it up, it all started to change. And my little Sayla, she's, she's gone now. Little Sayla, one of my granddaughters, her name is Sayla. Well, if you read through the Psalms, you'll see, you know, and the Lord, you know, the Lord is a strong and mighty tower, Sayla. Well, they don't know what Sayla's about. They're going, hmm, we don't know what it means. But you know what? I found a number of scholars who said because they put it together that during the Davidic worship where the people participated, they said it had even times that you couldn't find the priests from the people that everybody was worshiping. And that was new. That had never been seen before. 
Some of them saying, you know what? <clears throat> the, the, the Levites would sing a song, and all the Psalms, you know, song, in, in the Psalms, they said they think those are just songs written down that were being sung in the temple. Those were songs that were being sung 24 hours in the temple. But at, during festivals, when the people would come in, it would say, and the Lord reigns on high, Selah. They, there are scholars that believe that that Selah meant that that's when the people were to respond with a shout. They did processions. And in Chronicles chapter 20, they describe what took place in Davidic worship. And it's incredible. They raised their hands. They didn't. The people weren't allowed to do that before. So they lifted hands, they clapped, they shouted. There were processions. They would run around the room. I've seen that. I've, I've done it. I said, well, looks like a Congo line. I just <laughs> <got> with it. <clears throat> Dancing. There was a call to worship with a trumpet. It's called the shofar. Music by vocals and instruments, tambourines, percussion instruments, cymbals, prophetic utterances were just screamed out. And at the same time, we see in Psalms, here's, how, here's good and proper worship. Be still and know I'm God. So we're not talking about making a spectacle of yourself. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who rests in him. So you can be worshiping seated. But it's, we don't know what's going on in here. That's up to you. But that's what was introduced. Well, as once you know, according to Psalms 150, it's going to be noisy. You know, I know, you know some we get older are hearing it hurts how many our worship just hurts your ears now nah, you're not going to admit it but i know it does you know if we turn it up one little bit going, oh my god what did you do we want one little line there <laughs> better get you better get your healing before you get to heaven because here's what's going to happen praise him with the sounding of the trumpet praise him with the harp and the lyre praise him with the timbrel and dancing praise him with the strings and pipe praise him with the like the clash of symbols. If that doesn't make you want to jump out of your skin, can you see they're like, we love you, Lord. <laughs> Praise him with the resounding symbols. So you got one guy back there and just boom! And then another guy's resounding. Tick, 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 Come on. Come on, really? You know, it is gonna be noisy because we're praising the Lord for what he and who he is. Wow. <clears throat> okay, remember, remember, I, remember, only the priest, this is, the, I think this is like the best part. In the Old Testament, only the priests could start and lead worship. <sighs> to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. You've heard it says, oh, the Lord has made us kings and priests. Hello? What was the job 
King David wrote and worshiped the Lord. The priest's job was to lead worship. Why do you think he made us kings and priests? So now we all can worship. We weren't really allowed to before. Why are you a king and a priest? To do the job of a king and a priest. I'm going to worship the Lord. It wasn't proper before. Only the priest could do it. But now I'm a priest. Oh, look, look at this. He goes, and First Peter, and this is New Testament. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him. You, you, you've been called out of darkness. You who could not yell out the praises of God and worship him openly. It was up to the professional, but guess what? It was up to the king. It was up to the priest, and now he has made us that. So we have been released. We're no longer a little flat dolphin on my table. You're a purple one with a yellow belly. You're a pink one with googly eyes. God has shaped you to be you and to worship him in your real shape, not a shape that someone's given you, not being held back. And let me tell you, if God is telling you to be quiet and seated, I want you to be quiet and seated in holiness. And you'll get a glimpse of, his, of him and his presence, to sense his presence. Wow. What an incredible, incredible story we have. That when we come together, we become... His habitation. Worship changes our view of God. It just does. Worship ushers in the presence of God. There's four things. I want to go to these four things, so I want to get to the last story. The first, the word becomes life. Because when you see and you experience this presence of God in worship, and if there's a teaching after it, that word is alive. Because I've just seen God. My problems have been dealt with. I'm not worried about what happened Friday. I've just come in and been in the presence of God. And his word is presented. And you're not thinking about Friday's work that got, didn't get done. You, his word now becomes alive. Instead of trying to wrestle last week out. Or your problem. His kingdom is established. Every day, or every, every day, or every night, and sometimes both, I say the Lord's Prayer. I just do. And it's amazing that little Lord's Prayer, and the reason I do it is because the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, how should we pray? So it really should be called the disciples' prayer, right? Because it wasn't, Jesus didn't say, this is how you should pray. And it, and it, it really says his kingdom being established. So, you start, our Father who art in heaven. You are just quickly stating which guy you're praying to. It's our Father not in New Haven. You know, it's our Father who art in heaven. So we establish who we're praying to, and then it goes, hallowed, holy is your name. So you establish who you're praying to, and the first thing you do is you worship him. Holy, hallowed. Be your name. Because your kingdom come. You see, once you worship, 
we can pray that his kingdom come. What happens in a king's kingdom? His will is done in a kingdom, isn't it? It's not his kingdom if his will's not being done. It says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So at, at that moment, if you come into the presence of God, if you enter in, in, into his kingdom, at that moment his will can be done. And we can get a glimpse of that. And it all started with worship. Holy, hallowed be your name. And I'm telling you, this, this really touches the realm of the invisible to the place we can sense it in the visible. People can receive healing and come to know the Lord. We've already discussed that. If it's just for a moment, I remember having healing services when I used to work at a, with a healing ministry. And we would have a healing service every month uh, in the evening. And I'd start seeing the same people every month coming back from Daytona and Ocala. And so I stopped and I said, listen, you said you got healed last month. They go, yes, I did. And I mean serious stuff. People couldn't walk, people couldn't hear or had blind. And I go, what happens? He says, well, I was in the service. I was healed. And as I left, I lost it. In the presence of God, God's will is done. Some people were healed the rest of their life. My wife, who was legally blind, when we were first married, lost her glasses. She, had a, she was on a restricted driver's license because she couldn't drive without her glasses. And I've told this story many times. We just praise the Lord, let her get to work safely until we can get enough money. It was $180 to get a new pair of glasses. I didn't have $180. We were in college. She went to take her test, and she had found her glasses, and they go, could you put your glasses on? She put her glasses on, and she couldn't do it, and they go, do it without it. Her sight is perfect. She's, she's got to be 62 this month, and she still doesn't wear glasses. I think it was my prayer that healed her. <laughs> wow. Number four. It crowds out the borders of hell's current dominion. His will be done on earth. And this place we gather to lift up his praise. We've just crowded out hell. If just for a moment we've crowded it out. We're set free. I've sat with people who are dying. I've sat, my mother-in-law, who's a saint, died in our house. And every night she'd cry out in pain and she would just start worshiping because it's the only thing she had that could help her. She worshiped and worshiped. It's the only thing that would set her free for a moment from that pain. Let me read a story to you. His greatest story of worship in the New Testament is just fantastic. It's Luke chapter 7, verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to dinner, to dine with him, and Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table, a woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As 
She stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him. That's pretty scary. He answered something he didn't say. They're like, uh-oh. Simon, I have something to tell you. Oh, tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 delirium. The other, 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. So which of them loved him more, would you say? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt that he had forgiven. Jesus judged, you judged that correctly, guy. You did perfect, right on it. Then he turned towards the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water to wash my feet. She has washed them and wetted them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss. This woman, from the time she entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured expensive perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I don't know about, about you, but I've been forgiven tons. Tons. And that forgiveness is still going on. I would hope that if Jesus were to walk in here, that I wouldn't be, be so about me that I just wouldn't run over and throw myself at his feet. That I would just say, forget the message, Jesus is here. Forget Crystal getting upset with me because I'm on my knees and now I got white all over my jeans. That I would just be about, it's Jesus and what he's done for me. I really, I really hope that were true. I would say it is, but you know, I know how proudful I can get and, and you think you've got to you know, represent this and represent that. I, years ago, when Crystal and I lived in Philadelphia, I went to my brother's church, and it was a mega church, and it was in a rich part of uh, the main line uh, outside of Philly. There was probably 1,500 people in the service, and of course, my character is I sit up front. I want to hear it. If God's going to give something, I want to be the first guy to get it. Maybe it's only going to go three rows. Well, I'm right there. And so this song came on, and, and they really didn't sing much. You'd sing one song, people would stand up with a hymnal, but they sang, What a Mighty God, 
What a mighty fortress is our God. I'm like, oh, man. So front row and the the choirs, what a mighty fortress is our God. And I'm like, oh, man. And then someone tapped me on the shoulder. And it was an usher. And I turned like this. I realized everyone had a book like that, but they were looking at me. And he goes, is there something you want, sir? <laughs> he, he thought I had a question. <laughs> I go, oh, no, just never mind. <laughs> just worshiping here, so are the rest of us, you know. We're not called to be a spectacle. Like I said, if it's seated or standing. My goodness. We really have to answer that question. Which one are we? The Pharisee or that woman? What, what's the reflection of our heart today? The Pharisee or the woman? Is our God this big or is He everything? Everything. How many of us need a glimpse of God today because you can't crowd out hell. You can't crowd out Friday afternoon your boss yelled at you. You can't cry, crowd out that there's bills that you can't pay for. You can't crowd out the pain that you're in right now. You don't need more. You don't need to know more about God. You need a glimpse of Him. And it's worship that introduces that.